What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that our Lord is calling you to be. Now, if you're a first-time listener, then I want to invite you to shoot me your own questions at Josh at EssentialPress.com. And you can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats that helps other people find out about the show. And also, you can share the show on your social media, Facebook, Instagram. Twitter. When you do this, that helps other people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for them as well. On today's show, we're going to talk about prayer and the reality of prayer transcending time. We're also going to talk about married priests, and we're going to talk about checking people out. But before we get into all those topics, I want to share with you a glorious story. A glory story this day comes in from my time praying this past week. I, I woke up early, maybe it was, I forgot what day it was, but I woke up pretty early and I was just sitting there with the Lord for a while. And um, and then in some point in my prayer, I just asked him, I said, Lord, I, I wouldn't mind if you gave me a homily this morning uh, for daily mass. And so I began to look at the scriptures and, and nothing came to me. And so I said, okay, God, cool. Whenever you want, I'll receive, I'll receive the homily that you want me to share with, with your people. And so I I met with my my youth minister, Alyssa Babin, that morning and her husband, Cam, and we got together and we were hanging out, drinking coffee, and she's a student right now at the Gustin Institute, shout out to AI, and uh, underlay, underlay, AI, AI, uh (laughs) uh-oh. So she's a student at Augustine Institute, and and we were just talking about Moses, and and she was saying how one of her professors, Dr. Brant Peacher, who was my professor at Notre Dame Seminary a number of years ago, and a friend of mine, um, he was sharing with their class an insight about Moses, and, and I was like, oh, well, tell me about that. And it was so cool because I was praying with Moses that morning because he was the Old Testament reading, and it was about the burning bush, and 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 when she started speaking about Moses, she said one thing that Dr. Petrie shared with them in class that rocked her world, which in turn melted my face, was was that Moses, right, clearly never saw the face of God. He never saw the face. He heard his voice, but he never saw his face until the transfiguration, top of Mount Tabor, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John. The top of Mount Tabor and up with Jesus in the sky appeared Elijah and Moses talking with Jesus face to face. Moses had always heard the voice of God, but with God, there's always so much more. Moses died. He did not make it to the promised land. He was not able to see the face of God as the apostles were. And so God allowed him to not only hear his voice, but see his face. And so if we think that we've experienced an amazing relationship with God on this side of heaven, just wait. There's always more. There's so much more grace and gift that God has in store for each and every single one of us and our walk toward eternity. And so I, for one, am looking forward to purgatory. I am looking forward to dying because when I die, I'm going to get to see my God eventually face to face. Behold the Lamb of God. And so um, she really inspired me that morning, but also I perceived the Holy Spirit communicating to me through our conversation because I was then able to take that insight and share it with my my people, my bride at Holy Rosary. And so it was a great gift, and I just love how the Lord does that, how the Lord oftentimes answers our prayers, not only through um, our one-on-one relationship with Him in Scripture or through our own prayer experiences, but how he continues the prayer through people, through the body of Christ, how he communicated to me that morning through that particular member of the body of Christ. Uh, So 
That's my glory story. Shout out to Dr. Petrie, the AI Augustine Institute, and my new youth minister, Alyssa Babin. And by the way, if you are a young lady or a young man in the parish in high school and you want to join our youth group, come to some small group Bible studies with us, then come on. Come on and join us so we can all grow deeper in our relationship with the Word inscribed, Jesus Christ. All right, before we get into today's topics, I have some follow-up feedback from previous episodes. The first one comes in from James. James says this, Father Josh, I am a relatively new listener to your podcast, and while I consider myself a Christian, I am not Catholic, but I found your show to be very informative and engaging. I've been going to church for several years, and I'm quite discontent with the direction that I feel the Protestant church is heading, which is the reason why I sought out a different point of view and I came across your podcast. I really just wanted to tell you that I enjoy your show, and I've really started to think about learning more about the Catholic faith and started attending Mass. If you have any pointers on what that I would be appreciative, um, as our local Catholic church is very large, and I ain't going to lie, a little intimidating. Thank you for all you do, and God bless. Yeah, James, I am so grateful for what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life right now in this new season, and your walk toward eternity. And so I would first and foremost encourage you to, to go and sit with Jesus in an adoration chapel. Um, so we as Catholics believe that the Eucharist really does become truly the real substantial presence of Jesus Christ. And um, so I would encourage you to bring your your Bible and to sit with Jesus in the, in the Adoration Chapel. Maybe pray with John chapter 6 over and over again. Apply the steps of Lexio Divina where you read the passage, you meditate on it. What does it say to you? Have a conversation with God about that and then sit with him in the presence of the Eucharist as you read about the Eucharist in the Sacred Scriptures. Um, some other good books that you might enjoy reading um, are, are Unabridged Christianity uh, by Father Mario Romero. It's a really great book. Um, Rome Sweet Home by Dr. Scott Hahn. Uh, and, and in a number of other books uh, might also be helpful for you to, to kind of spend some time reading them, pondering them, chewing on them, and praying with them. And then if you have any particular questions, uh, just hit me up at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com, and I would love and be honored to accompany you um, toward your walk and becoming a saint. And so trust that I'm praying for you now, my brother, and, uh, and I look forward to hearing back from you and seeing how we can uh, walk with each other to Jesus. Our second feedback comes in from Michael Mikael. Michael writes, Dear Father Josh, my name is Michael, and you answered my question about faith in the workplace in an earlier episode. I want to thank you again for answering that. For me, it was a great help. I also especially want to thank you for answering the question about relationships between priests and women. I was accepted as a college seminarian this past Holy Thursday. What? Shout out to you. Uh, for the Archdiocese of Baltimore and have been struggling with this question as I make the transition from a regular university to seminary college. However, your answer really shed some light on the matter and gave me a lot to think about and pray about. Finally, thank you so much for doing this podcast and thank you for your witness. It is strong and faithful priests like yourself have helped me discern a call to the priesthood. God bless you and know my prayers. Michael, you better believe I'm going to be praying for you. I have a special place in my heart for seminarians. Um, who are in formation to become priests. And so uh, not only will I be praying for you, but you have now a whole community of brothers and sisters who are our family on this podcast, who will also be interceding for you, um, that you discern well, that you discern well how Jesus Christ is inviting you to love, love the church and your walk with him. All right, now let's go ahead and jump into today's show. So in case you were wondering, I haven't talked about coffee in a while. I got this new coffee, and um, oh man, y'all, it's this new creamer. It's like an almond milk. I don't want to say creamer because is almond really cream? I don't know, whatever. But it's this almond stuff, not almond milk. Almond type of creamer 
but I don't know if it's really cream cream. I'm not sure what the box said, but y'all, it is so good. It is so good. And it's such a gift because I could put it in my coffee and it has such a profound, beautiful taste to it. I'm not even tempted to put sugar in my coffee, which as you have heard me said before, sugar is not always the best thing for us in our coffee, though it makes it taste really good. It's not healthy, the most healthy thing for us. And so um, I'm sipping on that kind of coffee right now, and it makes me really, really happy. Um, So on to the first question from Julia. And Julia, I just first of all, before we get to your question, I want to say I love your name because I love all the saints who have preceded you and your walk toward heaven, whose names are Julia. Julia writes about prayer transcending time. Father Josh, hello. Hello. And thank you for your consideration of my question. I am wondering about the possibility for our prayers to transcend time. I read about consoling the heart of Jesus, that even though he is now in heaven, I can comfort him, Jesus, in his passion and death. Um, I've also heard that God is present to me now as a 37-year-old woman, just as he was present to me as a little girl. I'm wondering if it is possible through prayer for us to bring consolation to ordinary people who have lived before us or who will live in the future. I realize we were born into a time in history for a reason, and the present moment is a gift to us. But as an example, if I hear about the atrocities of the Holocaust and I pray for those who suffered in concentration camps, is it possible that my intercession now could have caused a consolation for someone who lived in a camp? Or, as another example, could a blessing I receive tomorrow be the result of a prayer made by my great-great-grandchild decades from now? I'm sure it's good to pray and intercede for others dead or living whenever we feel inspired to. I'm just practically wondering if God can use those prayers to affect any time he chooses. Julia. Julia, I just want to say I love your question. And uh, I also... Highly want to, I want to recommend consoling the heart of Jesus for anybody who wants to experience a retreat experience but can't go away. Uh, Father Michael Gately's book, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, is really good. He also did 33 Days to Morning Glory and um, and I, I, the one on Merciful Love as well. He's he's a gift to the church. But yeah, Consoling the Heart of Jesus, phenomenal book. And he also talks about this retroactive grace, this, 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 this true teaching of the church. So Yes, transcending space-time, right? God can do it all. God is bigger than we could ever imagine. He can apply our prayers to the past, to the present, and to the future. So yeah, a future grandchild that does not exist yet who may pray for you in the future, their prayers could be applied to you today. Crazy, right? I'll tell you some stories to elaborate. Um, and I've shared this before on the, before on the podcast, but it's, I think it really... It might shed some light on your question. A while back, I was, uh, as priests, we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, the breviary, five times a day. And whenever we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, the breviary, which is the Psalms, five times a day, we always have a specific in- intention for that psalm, for that breviary, um, for that office. And so um, one night, a number of years ago now, I was traveling from speaking at a, a, a conference, and it was nighttime, and I was tired. And so I have the night prayer on audio on my, my, my car phone. And so I put on Mary Mother Church. They, they, they chant the Liturgy of the Hours. It's very beautiful. And so I was really tired. And I just said, Lord, okay, you know what? Whoever you want me to offer this one up for, you pick God. I trust that you know who needs these graces. And so I said, Lord, you apply the fruit of my prayer to whoever needs them. And as I was chanting night prayer, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Psalms, I had a vision. And I'm not a mystic, but I did have like a... a I was saying an out of the ordinary experience that I, I haven't had before this. 
And in this experience, I was able to see St. Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12, whenever St. Paul was shipwrecked and stoned and beaten with rods and whipped and betrayed by friends and, and, and all those terrible things that happened to him, imprisoned, and, and, and he had a thorn in his side. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. And I was able to see in my prayer how God applied my night prayer to Paul over 2,000 years ago. And my prayers of intercession 2,000 years later helped Paul 2,000 years before. So God took it out of time and placed it where it needed to be. So it was beautiful because I've always been connected to Paul, and I've always been inspired by Paul. But to know, to experience, to perceive that I could be of help to Paul by God's grace, it was such a beautiful experience. Now, again, I'm not infallible, so maybe that's not reality. I don't know. Maybe I mean, I perceive that's what really happened, but you know what? I'm not going to sit here and say I'm infallible and that all my experiences are legit. So, uh Yes, so God can take our prayers and apply them to the past. I, to this day, pray for slaves. Um, I pray for slaves. I pray for the slaves who jumped over the ship um, because they did not want to be slaves because they were being beaten. It was was such a cruel experience for them when they were taken away from Africa and brought here to America. I pray for them all the time. They are one of the constant uh, intercessions and and intentions in my my bravery, my liturgy of the hours. And I believe and I trust that God is applying my prayers today to them um, many years ago. But also, our prayers can affect the future. Like you said, could your great, great, great granddaughter pray for you in the future and it affect you as well? Yeah. So, um, or, or could you pray for her and it affect her? Yeah. So, Jacinta, St. Jacinta, one of the kids at Fatima, when Mary appeared at Fatima, uh, Jacinta prayed for the Holy Father. And um, because of her prayers of intercession for the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, who was born two years after Mary asked Jacinta to pray in 1917, he was born in 1919. John Paul II, when he became Holy Father in the 1980s, I believe 1981, uh, there was an, an attempted assassination on his life. And it was her prayers from 1917 that were applied to him in 1981 that spared his life. And so God can use our prayers to transcend time, past, present, and future. And so, yeah, God can use you to help other people out, and he can use your family members down the line to help you out to become a saint, to become the saint that you're called to be. Uh, So let us pray. Let us be men and women who are faithful to prayer. And if if you've never prayed the Liturgy of the Hours before, I'd really encourage you to pray that because that's the prayer of the church. And so we can pray that with every single member of the body of Christ. All right. On to the next question. Next question comes in from Gary. Gary, did you know that you asked a question on Father Josh's show? Ask Father Josh. <laughs> Hold up, Gary. Let me take a sip of my coffee, bro. This coffee is so good, man. So good. Mmm. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Yes. Get in my belly, coffee. All right, so Gary asks a question about married priest. Father Josh, thank you for your podcast. I enjoy learning more about the Catholic faith through your energetic and thoughtful style. I am confused on how men who were previously married have had children and are divorced can then become a priest. I've heard that the term alluded used but cannot find a Catholic meaning for this term. Can you help explain how these men fit into the, the rules of becoming priests? And if alluded is a Catholic process, I should have known about Thank you, and please continue your wonderful podcast. God bless Gary. Yeah, so Gary, I'm not going to lie. 
I don't know what the word eluded means. I don't know everything. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know what that word eluded means. But I do know priests um, who have been in my diocese, who are married, have kids, are grandparents, got divorced, and became priests. Um, and so it is possible to be a priest um, if you were married, divorced, and annulled. It is That might be the word that maybe you were looking at, annulled, right? Because the annulment would say that it was never a sacramental marriage. They were never married in the eyes of God um, in the first place. Even though it looked like a marriage, felt like a marriage, it really wasn't. Um, or if their wives passed away, they can also um, enter seminary formation and and become priests. So it's definitely possible uh, for for this to happen. Uh, there's, it's also possible for for married men in the Episcopalian Church who convert to the Catholic Church um, to to become Catholic priests as well. And there are other rites in the Catholic Church um, outside of the Latin rite where it is also um, it's a common practice for for priests to to be married. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure what alluded to, but but yeah, they they can, they they, they most certainly can. Um, let me know if that's helpful. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm I hope I answered your your question adequately. Uh, but yeah, and again, marriage. I guess let me go deeper. I can't go deeper in this. So keep in mind, marriage in this life is is not permanent forever, um, in the sense that if you are married and your spouse dies. Um, you can marry someone else, right? Uh, like, so me, I'm married to the church. So if I was married before and my wife passed away, I'm free to marry again, Holy Mother Church, the bride of Christ, right? And so um, in heaven, we will neither be married nor given in marriage because we will all be espoused to God. Um, so marriage is a means to the end. It's a, it's a normative path. It's a state of life path. To the end goal, which is to become saints in heaven, and again, so some people um, thought they were called to marriage when they were younger, and they and they went through marriage prep, and and maybe they never got married in the church, or they did get married in the church, but they were missing one of the four qualities of a sacrament of marriage: it being free, total, faithful, or fruitful on the day that they um, made their vows before God in the church. And so, if that was the case, whether it's someone who then gets sacramentally married to someone else later on in life. Um, uh, after the lack of form or the annulment, um, or they enter into the state of life vocation of the priesthood, um, both can be very beautiful, and both can be a gift to the church. So that is how it can happen. That's how it can happen. So let me know if, if that helped, or if you want to send me a follow-up to kind of clarify. I'm not sure how clear that was for you, if that was helpful at all. But what do y'all think? Y'all can hit me up and ask Father Josh at ascensionpress.com and let me know. Um, also, don't forget, you can comment, critique, and challenge me as well. I will receive it all. Um, and don't forget to rate us and review us on iTunes, other podcast formats, and to share us on social media. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will dive into our final question. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the rosary, how to pray the rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life, and improve the way you pray what St. Padre Pio called 
the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. All right, and we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can send me your questions at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com. If you're feeling fancy, record a voice note and send it to me as well. I can play it on a future show. All right, final question comes in from Dom. Dom, 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 Dom. Dom says this, checking someone out. Hi, Father Josh, I'm a 16-year-old guy, and I sometimes find myself checking girls out. I've been wondering recently whether it's wrong to do so. Is it okay to check people out? I think it depends on how often you do it and whether you're taking advantage of that person or genuinely admiring beauty. I'd really love to know your stance on the matter, and if I shouldn't be doing it, what are some ways to stop myself from my natural tendencies? I love your podcast. Keep up the amazing work. It's amazing. Thank you for any help you can provide. Yeah, Dom, I think you you nailed it on the head. Um, It's about whether or not you are admiring beauty, appreciating beauty, which we should all do. uh, There's movie trailers I check out more than once because I'm like, oh, man, the next Avengers is coming out. And I check it out over and over again because I admire the beauty of that cinematography, right? But likewise, you can admire the beauty of the human person who is a manifestation of the image of God right there in your midst. There's a difference between admiring the beauty, appreciating the beauty, acknowledging the beauty, and allowing that beauty to draw you to become a great saint and the man you're called to be, and objectifying that beauty, taking advantage of that beauty, using that beauty through lust, through entertaining lustful thoughts, through unnecessary words or actions that may follow those thoughts. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I would just say make the distinction between your admiration of someone's beauty, which you're going to see the rest of your life. If you get married, you're going to acknowledge other women who are beautiful. That's awesome. You can't deny beauty. If you become a priest, you're going to find women that you are attracted to, and you're going to say they are beautiful. That's cool. Now, here's just human formation. If you are acknowledging someone's beauty, uh, just make sure you're not like... A looking weird, right? <laughs> Some people like, are not objectifying anyone or lusting after anybody, but they still look at them weird. And and you don't want to uh, become a barrier for somebody to, uh, to feel like they want to be in your presence or in your midst because you are looking at them in a weird way. Like I've known some holy people who, who gaze at people in an awkward way. And so it's like, you know, you might want to not do that, right? So you, you want to respect people's boundaries as, as well. And so, yeah, it's not a problem necessarily unless the way that you admire their beauty um, comes off weird. Uh, <laughs> but other than that, I think, I think you're on the right track. Just try to appreciate their beauty, pray for them, thank God for the gift of allowing you to experience their beauty, and, and keep it moving. Um, so that's, that's my thoughts for that. So uh, that was today's show. Uh, don't forget, I would really like to, in the future, continue to do theme shows every now and then. So hit me up with your ideas and desires for themed episodes. Um, then I can announce them like a month in advance or whatever, saying like, okay, I'm getting a lot of feedback saying that this is a desired theme. So y'all hit me up with specific questions for X, Y, or Z. But I need to get your feedback first on what kind of themes you want to listen to. So now before we go, I want to share with y'all a prayer that I came across recently, I think it was through Blessed Is She, I'm not sure, but it's a litany for female friendships. You know, you know me, I love my, my, my litanies, and so, um, and this can be prayed by anybody, you can even like replace the word women with um, persons or people or, or whoever, um, but it's, it's, 
it's from, I believe, a woman, for women, but you could always apply it to other ways of life. But here's the litany. Let's pray this litany as we close out today's show. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, for the times I judged women on appearances or material possessions, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I compare myself to other women instead of looking to you, Lord, for my worth, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I expect other women to validate or fill me in ways that belong to you alone, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I avoid friendship with women because of fear, jealousy, or judgment, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I envy another woman's gifts, talents, possessions, or relationships, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I do not listen well when another woman is being vulnerable with me, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I lack compassion for another woman in her pain, suffering, or hardship, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I destroy another woman's dignity through gossip, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I diminish another woman in order to feel better about myself, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I indulge in suspicion and choose to assume the worst of another woman rather than seek out Christ living within her, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I harbor anger, hatred, or resentment towards another woman, Jesus, have mercy on me. For the times I choose unforgiveness over reconciliation in my broken relationships with women, Jesus, have mercy on me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, y'all, I cannot wait to continue to walk with you toward heaven. Keep me in your prayers as I will be praying for you. And I can't wait to see you next week. God bless.